0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcasts with your hosts, Clark Corver, Bobby Corver, Cruz Corver, Kit Corver, <laughs> yeah. Quinn Corver, and I'm sure Winnie Corver when she barks at the pool guy in yeah. just a minute.
0: <laughs> no, we're at the table, you guys. So bear with us. We'll yeah. see how many words we can actually get out onto the podcast this time. We'll try to land,
1: we'll try to land the plane quickly.
0: <laughs> no. So I today, today we're in
1: Acts chapter two, and if you have a Bible that's got subtitles in it, you'll notice that the beginning of the chapter is titled "The Holy Spirit Comes at Pentecost." So Pentecost um, is a Greek word that basically is pointing to the 50th day after passover or after easter for christians so pente pointing to 50 50th day so on june 5th 2022 we're gonna be talking about pentecost and the holy spirit within you so you'll notice at easter we had that image it's like what does it mean to be blessed it's god's for you at easter god's in you at pentecost and god's with you at Advent. So it's kind of like a three-part series spanning the year. I like it. Pentecost is coming up in a few weeks, and today we're going to talk about it in Acts chapter 2. Um, so awesome. I guess for me, I, what stood yes. out initially is the verse first 13 verses is a massive reversal of what happened from the Tower of Babel. So if you go all the way back to the beginning yeah. of Genesis, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 11, I believe, and what happens is... The people are are proud and they're haughty and they're thinking we can build this huge tower. We can get up to God. We can make the rest of the world submit under us. We will be like Mm -hmm. God. We'll be in charge. Everyone will be like, ooh, you're so cool. And so God basically gave them, uh, confused them in in diverse languages. And it's from that point that people (laughs) then had split out and gone to different places of the world and speak. Speak different languages. So, what happens in Pentecost is you notice when you read these first thirteen verses, people from all over the world have come to Jerusalem for, you know, this specific feast, and um, the Holy Spirit comes and allows everybody to speak in a way that unifies them. So, no longer is there division because of their ethnicity, their nation, specifically their language. Now, there's a spirit language. That's allowing everybody to have mutual understanding. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. able to understand one another, and they're coming together. And so Mm -hmm. that's important to note just within the framework of the Bible Mm -hmm. is Pentecost is a reversal of the Tower of Babel. And when humanity was divided and different languages were given, God is reversing that and giving us a common language, Mm -hmm. a spirit language, a spirit to unify the church. So that's initially what stood out to me. First 13 verses. Yeah, that's
0: huge. I don't think I knew that for, like, the longest time. Like, I didn't know that that was, like, like echoing from that story in Genesis, that the Pentecost was. Okay, do you hear these baby hiccups? You're going to yeah. be hearing hiccups. Yeah.
1: Cruz has the hiccups. And Cruz had the hiccups, like, in utero, too. Like, we were watching your bo- your belly just, like,
0: hiccup, pick. The kids hiccup, always love that because they would know, like, where she was. Yeah. Oh, well, there's Winnie. There's Winnie, Fred. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Well, the next section is kind of what stuck out to me, and so what happens is these crowds kind of approach, and other people just kind of gather around and begin listening, and who steps up but Peter, and Peter kind of starts giving this little sermon here, a big sermon actually. And really the main thing about it though, um, starting in verse 16, what stuck out to me is that instead of kind of going and jumping to like the legitimacy and the credibility of the apostles and who they are now and what they're doing, he just goes straight to scripture. And he recalls these verses from the prophet of Joel and, and that's verses, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And then, as he continues, Peter's talking more um, about David and who he was in the Bible, and he's talking about the the Psalms and what was going on in there. Past the baby. I know you got a, a wiggly one. I'll bounce bouncer. Um, oh hello my girl. Anyway, and so why this is so kind of sticking out to me today, I think. And so um, I'm talking. Now, verses, you know, 26, 27, 28, and then again in verse 35, and kind of what Peter continues to bring up is the scriptures and the legitimacy and the credibility of the scriptures and what they were pointing to and really who they were pointing to and kind of redirecting people back to truth, saying, look at what has been spoken over us, over our communities, over our people, over the world in the, you know, the written text of the Old Testament, that has happened now in Jesus. And really, the the strength of that, again, doesn't come from Peter in his own belief, or it's not even really coming from the apostles. It's coming from him drawing from these Old Testament books saying, remember what these were saying and, and look who at who Jesus was in his life, in his death, and now in his resurrection, because that's what's happened. He's resurrected and Holy Spirit has been sent. And so when he's talking about... Um, you know, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. It's the spirit being poured out on men and women. That's happening now. That's what's ha- You know, it's not that we're we're drunk at 9 a.m. That, he kind of says that at the beginning. It's that this is a fulfillment of what has been spoken for thousands of years. And so I love right away at the beginning of the church, we're seeing the complete um, partnership of word and and Spirit. So Holy Spirit's come. We see the tongues of fire. So we've got Spirit. And now Peter is declaring um, over the people the Word. And so right away, there's this balance that we see. And and we've talked about that before. You guys have talked about that. Uncle Ken has talked about that. About how we want to be a balanced... People group that we don't want to, you know, weigh or lean too heavily on one or the other. That it's a, it's this partnership, this handshake, and we see that already.
1: Well, there's an old saying: if you only have the spirit, you you blow up, and if you only have the the word, you dry up. Yeah. There has to be the combination of word and mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I kind of piggyback in everything you've said. It's really, especially when if someone grew up in a church that was not. Um, balanced or even like brought up and taught spiritual gifts. At some point in time, it becomes very intriguing and can be very captivating, almost to a point where everything becomes about the the gifts, you know? And so what, what I like about this, though, is when you read about the gifts of prophecy and the signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth below, which, by the way, we we believe in the gift of prophecy. We believe all these gifts are still alive and active in the world and for the edification of the Lord's church today. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate it how it basically climaxes in verse 21 where he says, the point of all of this is for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. Mm -hmm. That's it. One of the other stories from the Gospels that comes to my memory is when the disciples are sent out. I can't remember if it was the first 12 or the 72 um, and when they came back, they were like, Jesus, you're not going to believe it. Like the demons, they, they were fleeing. We kicked them yeah. out in your name. And right. Jesus is like, cool, yeah. but don't get too excited about demons fleeing from mm. my name. He says, be more excited that your names are written in heaven. Yeah. And so all these gifts are, are, are given for the unification of the church mm-hmm. and for the glory of God. And that's exactly his purpose. And so mm-hmm. throughout the sermons here and the Holy Spirit's anointing, pointing back to the scripture, Peter keeps coming back to that. Mm-hmm. Repent and believe. Mm-hmm. Repent and believe. Verses 23 and 24, he, rem- he reminds everybody what just happened. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. Again, Jesus wasn't some um, wussy victim. He chose yeah. this. Sure. Like This was part of his plan. And he says, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because mm-hmm. it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So again, there's this blend of uh, humanity acting on its own accord, making plans, and God working above it, below it, and through it for his good. And so I just celebrate that. It makes me feel kind of small, but it makes God seem mm-hmm. a lot bigger, yeah. and I like it that way.
0: <laughs> totally. And that's what ends up happening. And so if you just continue to march through the chapter, you're going to read towards the end here in verse like 36, 37, 38 is Peter. They're kind of realizing. So this is verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Okay, great. You gave us all this. We see this right in front of us. Like now what? Like how can we be a part of this? What do we need to do? And it's you, it's so simple. We make this such a... You know, we make this such a huge thing, and it's so simple. He's saying, each one of you repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is promised to you, to your children and those far off, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And so he continues to preach, and more people come. And like Clark said, what happens is this this unifies this community. And what you read at the end, verse 42, That's just spectacular. Again, so simple. So they devote themselves. This is verse 42 to the teaching and to fellowship, to the sharing of meals, including communion, the Lord's supper and to prayer. So they're hanging out together. They're going to temple to worship. I think that's in verse 46. Um, each day they're sharing meals and they're praying. And it's just like, man, it ends with them all praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. It's just like, that's a special like if you see these people walking around, you're gonna notice that, yeah, like that's a special marked community um that's i I don't know, i mean it's it's so unique, and there's all these different ethnicities, like you said, and they're they're doing this together, and I just that's that's the church, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. We're just grateful to be part of it. Yeah. I, if I backed up just a few verses to like 36, 37, 38, I want to bring this to your attention because if you're at Emmanuel, you hear yes. Pastor Ken and myself <laughs> bring this scripture up often, especially when we're baptizing infants. Because hmm. again, in the Old Testament, circumcision was the sign given to the covenant people that you belong to the Lord. And they circumcised the young boys on the their eighth day of life, and as they grew up is to be a reminder, every time they went to the bathroom or every time they got dressed or any time they slept with anybody, uh-oh, we got a bogey coming in hot. Hey, Quinn, how are you? Uh, it's to be a reminder that you belong to the Lord and and you're part of his covenant community. So when you come to the New Testament, basically what Jesus has done and the church has given now is communion and baptism mommy's phone yeah um is baptism which is now not only for eight, boys in the eighth day but it's for men and women and boys and girls that are in this covenant community adults that repent and believe and children that are brought up in the faith we're telling them you belong to the lord we're going to raise you in this way and so when you look at the scripture in this story peter's preaching to all these people who are now coming to christ from all over the world And verse 38, and Peter responds to them, like, what are we supposed to do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, and for all whom the Lord our God will call. And so you notice there's not like some kind of test on like hey first name all the old testament books of the bible or can you give me the doctrine of justification and sanctification it's basically like if you're part of this community you're rolling with us and we're going to tell you this is a sign and we're asking god holy spirit do a work in their heart so i wanted to bring that up because we bring that up often at church and uh acts is just a jam-packed action book so i think that's all i got as we're getting attacked here from all, all sides Got the two yeah. littles here.
0: Quinn, do you have anything you want to say? You want to say
1: anything in the microphone? Can
0: you yeah. give them a blessing? Saying, yeah, okay.
1: You say, God bless you? God bless you. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's nice.
1: Anything else? Anything profound? Anything from your I, Bible reading? The uh-huh. Bibles go that way. The Bibles go that way. <laughs> <laughs> shut my Bible. All right. Well, hey, we <laughs> love you. Thank you for listening. We pray that you're encouraged through Acts 2. And we will catch up with you on Friday. Adios.